You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jacob Lukowitz, online and social media editor at SD Times. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode. Today, we're going to be talking about recent advancements by Scrum.org that include a new professional agile leadership evidence-based management training course. And we'll talk about evidence-based management, otherwise known as EBM itself. With me to talk about EBM and the new course are Patricia Kong and Kurt Bittner, who work in enterprise agility at scrum.org. Welcome to the show, Patricia and Kurt, and thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Pleasure to have you here. So to start off, can you tell our listeners a bit about EBM came about and what is its main purpose? Yeah, I can um, I can start and basically we're a duo, so we finish each other's sentences. Um, mm-hmm. um, I've been at Scrum.org for almost 10 years. And when we came, um, when I came there, um, Ken Traber, who is the co-creator of Scrum Framework, and who um, and who um, owns Scrum.org, he was really thinking about at that time this notion of continuous improvement for an organization. He was thinking about things like enterprise Scrum. And a large part of that was because of the scaling conversation that was coming out, right? More, more, more. Um, I got 100 teams who must be in a scaled situation. And so what his questioning became was, how do we know when you're all these, you know, this everybody's running towards agile and scrum. How do you know that that is actually the solution? What are you trying to solve? And um, it almost seemed like at that point, our conversation was a little bit early about continuous, continuously improving. Um, what do we want to look at that? And he was trying different approaches. And so he said, you know what, let's, let's just look at the notion of what evidence, what, what are you actually looking at that would tell you that you're improving and so, you know, Kurt and I have started to continually, you know, develop that and those ideas. And, and one of the things that we've talked about, and even with the update of the Scrum Guide, is this notion of measurement. So what are you measuring with your goals that's actually um, helping to inform you um, around the decisions that you're going to make and this experimentation that you're going to try? And so the, the guide now is really looking at um, how do we actually measure and then do something with it. It's really funny because... Um, we talked about measurement and then we saw people saying, yeah, we're measuring. And then we go, okay, and now what? And they weren't doing anything after that. So we had to add a little bit more color. And I, um, Kurt, maybe you, you talk about a little bit about the evidence-based medicine part. Yeah. The, some of the ideas that when Ken was sort of starting these, I did the ideas back in you know, probably, you know, 2010 to 2014 or so, um, it's definitely inspired by evidence-based medicine where people try to, medical practitioners specifically, try to make decisions based on the best available evidence. So there was some inspiration around that, although we're, we, we've taken it in a different direction from the original evidence-based medicine. So um, Trish mentioned that this notion of goals. And so it, we, the, the way that I like to think about it is that a lot of organizations have kind of lost their why about why do, why do they want to be agile? You know, when you ask them, why do they want to be agile? They say, well, we want to go faster or we want to be more efficient. But that's not really why they want to be agile, to go faster to do what. And so we're trying to help 
bridge that gap and give them a way to reason about what, what are you trying to achieve with agility? And it's usually not, it usually go faster as a means to an end or be more efficient as a means to an end. But usually it's, it's about being more competitive, being more responsive to changes in the environment or to competitor moves or to changes in, in the customer's preferences. And so in order to do that, essentially organizations need to use empiricism. They, they can't just sit there and come up with a grand five-year plan. And we all know five-year plans don't work, mm-hmm. um, but they can't come up with a grand plan about how they're going to address these unexpected events that are coming up. That's why they're unexpected. Um, so what EBM does is basically gives organizations a way to use agility and use empirical feedback to seek toward a goal under conditions where the, the goal itself might be a little bit uncertain and might change over time. The, the way that the path that you take to get to that goal might change over time based on information. Um, and, and sort of at the heart of EBM, I, I like to think about uh, essentially uh, skepticism. So, you know, treat every idea that you have as potentially wrong and then figure out a way to test whether that idea is wrong. But anyway, I, I've kind of rambled on a bit. We can we can peel back this and talk about three time scales of goals and, and different kinds of measures and ways of, of looking at, at how to do improvements. But sort of a, a, the basic philosophy is to try to take empiricism and bring it to the enterprise level. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, so since 2014, I'm sure a lot has changed and Agile has become fairly ubiquitous. Did you feel that a lot of organizations just kind of started jumping on the bandwagon of I have to go Agile because I have to do go fast and now EBM is a sort of way of kind of um, going more into detail? Um, yeah, go, go ahead. I was going to say that um, <laughs> it's almost gosh, this is a podcast. It's almost like a dirty word, you know, like the way that I'm thinking about it, it's like agile, agile, everybody's going agile. We're not talking about these things. And, and I think the thing that started from, you know, 2014 and then decades behind that was this whole notion of everybody running, like I said, towards scrum or sort towards some sort of agile. And, and we fondly call that a scrum key, right? Everybody's going for it. And EBM, um, the conversation at that time too, which still exists today, was that, oh, value. We're doing this for value. And the question becomes, what actually does value mean to you? And when people are talking about, you know, the digital transformation, agile transformation, the question then kind of what Kurt was talking about is what, what is that serving you? Why are you doing it? How are we looking for value there? And so when we think about those things and, you know, a lot of people are talking about outcomes, that's really important for us to think about what outcomes, um, meaning, you know, what changes this have for the user, the customer, um, and how do, what does that mean for us, the other side, as people who are building and working on stuff. And so the thing that people are largely familiar with from EBM are these four key value areas where we're exploring this notion of value. And those are uh, current value, where are we currently as an organization, unrealized value, what's out there, what could we look at, what opportunities, you know, is that worth it? And then time to market and ability to innovate, the organization's capability. So what we're asking 
um, companies to do, and it's 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 neither here nor there whether this is today or ten years ago. What is important is, I think organizations will localize and focus, and teams focus on one thing. How many how many things are we producing? How many widgets and how many lines of code? How many defects do we have? And that's that's where it stops. And so we're asking, you know, teams to really be empowered and think about um, what is that progress toward? What is that in progress um, for? And I'm missing up my prepositions there. But what are we trying to do? Why are we trying to do it? And that, from what we've seen from from companies and teams um, using EVM, has had a lot of um, just just a lot more transparency and a, a lot of great conversation around you know what actually do we really have control over and what could we really improve and you know what does this mean and you know do we need to reorganize in some different ways. Um, what were you going to say, Kurt? Oh, I, so to, to add on to what you were saying is that the, so if you think about the kind of things that organizations measure, um, we did a little bit of sort of analysis on this and we came up with three kinds of things, um, activities, outputs, and outcomes. And a lot of organizations, when they're approaching agility, they kind of get hung up on activities and outputs and don't really dig into outcomes. So it, it's so activities are things that people do, outputs are things that people produce and outcomes are changes in the uh, outcomes are, are changes in the experiences of customers. So we'll, we'll find organizations who have goals about um, let's say velocity. Well velocity is an output measure. Um, it doesn't measure at all about whether the thing that you produced was valuable. And it begs the question I usually ask in, in a conference is to say, what's better, going 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction or, or one mile an hour in the right direction? And, you know, of course, that, the answer is obvious. But um, so, so what we're trying to do is to get people to recognize that, you know, historically, you know, if you look at a traditional plan-based approach, it's largely activities and outputs. You know, it's saying these three people are going to do this activity and they're going to be done by this time and they're going to produce this thing. And what we're trying to do is to liberate agile teams to basically choose their own path to providing some particular outcome, not have their you know what they do dictated to them, um, but but rather you know have a clear goal that's stated in terms of an outcome. And then work toward that goal. So that, that's that's maybe the thing that I would point out first is that in addition to these key key value areas, we're trying to lift up people people's perspective and get them out of thinking about activities and outputs and get them to really focus on outcomes, which is where the goals should be. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing that uh, more organizations are looking through those four key metrics that you mentioned, or are still some measuring you know progress purely through team performance metrics? Um, the four key value areas. I think that some organizations, we have given them a way to kind of anchor the things that they're capturing into those key value areas. And what it's asking them to do is start to think about all the measurements that you have, um, are they even useful? So that's that's kind of a thing that comes out. And when you're thinking about the outcomes that you have, the goals that you have, um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm a product owner. Yeah, I capture metrics and all this stuff. That's great. There definitely should things that people should baseline. 
Um, and I think, you know, what, what Kurt was alluding to, when we think about the outcomes of things that we're working toward, do you have a measure to know if that's, that's working? Um, I'm working with a, a, a company and they're trying to improve the affordability of insurance. And that's, that's awesome, right? They're, they're thinking about that. So they're doing all these different things and they're like, here are all the different things that we're doing. Uh, you know, we're checking all these things. I said, but have you tracked if you're actually improving the affordability of insurance? They're like, oh no, we forgot about that. So it's just, it's kind of bringing back that, that, that why. And then I think the other important thing to think about for the key value areas, and this is all in the guide, but one important thing is to, you know, if you were to think about those as lenses, you know, so think about holistically, are we capturing, we're doing all these stuff, we're running, we've got the Ferrari going, but like, can we go anywhere? So the value conversation, but, um, you know, if you look, a lot of companies will know, right? Teams know our cycle time is prayer. So if, if, if we're really slow, let's try to improve time to market first, because if we don't, then that value that we're trying to race for, it's already passed. So we know generally, you know, if we were to look in each area, um, how, how we might start to improve first, what experiments mean, what we might start to run. So when we, we pose those that way, it really gets this notion of empiricism. And that's, that's what we're trying to drive. And then this conversation really lifts, like we're having a conversation about business agility, right? So the, um, I think that that starts to lift what we're talking about rather than going, show me the velocity of every team. Right. We still work with companies where CEOs are saying, I, I get what you're saying, but I want to see the, the velocities of all the teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so now moving over more towards the course, uh, what led to the creation of this course now? Um, so we actually have been working and developed several different um, workshops that um, that we were working with private companies. So this is the first time, actually, what we do have is a, an assessment certification um, that we released first to see, is this still a thing that, you know, companies care about? Because there's a bit that, yes, we're talking about measures. We're not going to tell you exactly what metrics to capture, but we're asking you to have a mindset set, um, mindset shift. And that started to say, hey, there's some interest in it. And, you know, we're talking about about value and how we can enable improvement and, and agility and empiricism and measurement and all these things, how, how that's related. And we're really playing with this notion of how could we have this conversation that would deliver to the masses. And then with COVID, it just seemed like an opportunity to say, what could we do virtually? And this is a course that we said, you know what, it seems like it's a right time. Um, there's interest in it. And what this course does is it's super interactive. There's a lot of exercises and we start to start to build up a foundation and ask people to think about if we think about EBM as goals and empiricism and evidence in the form of measurement, what we start to see is, is that there's this frame that's around that around this notion of what is the relationship between goals, measurement, and then behavior. Right. So so that's a really interesting relationship that we start to explore. And it just seems to make sense in a class. Um, and it's and it's out there and you know. It's doing well. Great, great. So, who would you say it's more most tailored for? Um, right now, what I would say is that it is tailored toward. Uh, first of all, we're going to say we think it's for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're talking about that conversation of goals, measurements, behaviors, 
shouldn't any everybody right. who's working in a team think about that and what should we measure and how would we run experiments but um the people that 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 it's, it's specifically attracting is um in the leadership track that we have which is not about your role as a leader but people who are leading something so that could be a scrum master manager um anybody in the dev dev side um that's kind of leading this initiative in agile and what we are seeing is a lot of agile coaches scrum masters right because they're in that role this is another tool for them to add um and we are seeing a little bit of the um little bit of you know program management how can they start to shift their thinking because uh, we're we're having that that conversation about values and that brings in product owners from from the scrum side. Right. I just said everyone. That's basically what I said. Great. Well, uh, thank you for providing all your insight on EBM. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Some key points about EBM for our listeners to come away with? I think that for me, um, Something interesting that, that Ken Traver said when we released this class is that he thinks that this is really a radical change in management. And I was like, is it really? But when we think about how we manage ourselves, how we manage within teams and how we think about management, I think it is a radical change in management. It's requiring a shift. For me, EBM is really about picking up this cadence of agility and having repetition, but with purpose. And all it does is saying, if you're going to make decisions, at least use some evidence to do it um, so that when you do have those conflicts or difference of opinions, you're coming with some game rather than just who screams the loudest. Kurt, is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I, I think that kind of getting back to that idea of agility regaining its why is that we, we see a lot of agile teams who are delivering things, but they're not really sure why they're doing it. Um, you know, the product owner says so, or some stakeholder says so. And, you know, basically uh, everybody has good ideas about things to deliver that could increase value. And the more the team is engaged in understanding customer outcomes, the better they, the better ideas that they can come up with. And so I, I feel like this is a, is a way of, of either re-empowering the team or empowering them to begin with, that, that this is an opportunity to really start getting everybody engaged in the discussion about customer value and then bringing all of, all of their creativity to bear on that. So um, I, I look at it as, as kind of a, you know, I, I think a lot of organizations, especially if they've been doing an Agile for a while, I don't know that they're really sure why they're doing it. You know, I mean, they're, they're thinking, well, you know, let's, let's go faster. Well, but you know, there's, there's really some underlying purpose and I don't think people tend to talk about that. And I think this, this is a way of opening up that discussion. So I hope that people will, will get interested enough to learn more about it. Uh, you can go to scrum.org's website and um, get information on the EBM guide, um, download it. It's free. Um, you can use it for free. If you like to do the assessments, you can, do the assessments. There's a free version. There's a then there's a, a, a badge one if you want to call it that. And then the class. So there's lots of ways to learn more about EDM. Uh, lots of um, resources and case studies and webinars and other things. That if people want to learn more, they can uh, they can find it uh, at Scrum.org and, and hopefully find something useful. Great. Yeah, I'm sure our audience is going to find that very useful. Well, thank you both again for coming on the show. 
Thanks for having You're us. Welcome. Thanks for having us. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Be sure to check out all of our weekly episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform. Till next time, this has been What the Dev.